Welcome in to another edition of Divorce Force Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm very excited to introduce my next guest. She is currently the Senior Manager of Corporate Partnerships for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Please welcome Devin Bame, everybody. Hey, uh, hey, Adam. Thanks so much for having (laughs) me. Uh, Excited to be here and excited to uh, be on the podcast. So thanks so much for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. And... Yeah, glad we connect. And I always like to start off, you know, where did sports, you know, begin for you, whether it was growing up, you know, playing youth sports or, you know, going to games early on, you know, with friends and family? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So I actually grew up in uh, uh, central Pennsylvania, uh, State College, exactly. Um, So grew up down the street from Penn State University, which, you know, growing up, I thought everyone grew up going to college football games Saturdays. (laughs) I really thought that everyone had a a 100,000 plus person stadium uh, down the street from them. So my perception of sports uh, growing up was that everyone did it. Everyone made sure to, like I said, watch college football on Saturdays. (laughs) And um, it was really enjoyable to be around. Uh, I also grew up uh, swimming as well. So definitely had uh, lots of time uh, around youth sports as well. Swimming, um, if you're not familiar, is definitely a lot of hours after school, before school. So was around it a lot and really enjoyed um, that aspect growing up that sports was a part of my life, but didn't realize just how much of a part of it it was growing up. Nice. And do you have any siblings? I do. I have a brother, a younger brother, and I think I kind of forced him into uh, the swimming component as well, because a lot of times when you swim, your family also is a part of that, because if you're getting up at 6 a.m. in the morning, you know, your parents are going to say, you might as well do it with your with your sister. You might as well also be a swimmer. So uh, we are a swimming family, and uh, it was always great to have another person behind me growing up that uh, also also swam. Yeah, I love that. And talk about the lessons, you know, being an athlete, being a swimmer. Um, you know, there's early lessons that you learn in sports that otherwise, you know, not many other avenues that you learn otherwise, you know, outside of sports. Sure. Yeah, I think for me, it really taught me about time management uh, is the biggest thing for me. You know, you're not able to necessarily not have that prioritization of the time that you're going to be spending. So for me, it was waking up in the morning, going to the gym, you know, having school, then going to practice after school. And if you didn't really figure out how to time manage and prioritize, you were just going to get behind. So I think that's the biggest lesson for me that I had as far as time management. And I think there's another component as well of that teamwork aspect. Um, With swimming, it's definitely an individualized sport, but there's also a very team-like component as well. Um, You have different events that you have with people, but you have your individual events as well. And I think that there was this camaraderie, but at the same time, you know, you had things that you had to accomplish for the team to better the team. So it was kind of those two components, I think, that really helped me when I was growing up is just there's a lot of things that are going to be on your plate and you have to figure out how to time manage. So I think it's definitely helped me in my career thus far. Yeah. Time management is always important, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely love is. And it's something that you really can't, I would say you have to kind of grow up doing it because you can't necessarily teach that. It's something that I feel like is a skill that you really have to work on if you're 
just starting out, you know, it can be overwhelming, but it's definitely something that I think is so important, especially in the sports industry. You have to be able to juggle a lot of things. You have to be wearing a bunch of hats. So I think time management is definitely a key component that I am glad that I was able to experience. Yeah, for sure. And talking about the connection, you know, you grew up playing sports, being around sports. Uh, So talk about that connection to the business of sports and when did that, you know, when did you find that and where did that all begin for you? Yeah, it definitely started with me um, after my undergraduate degree. So I went to Carnegie Mellon for my undergraduate, uh, majored in psychology, which really had nothing to do with sports. It definitely lays some great groundwork, but it's definitely something that I didn't have any connection to sports. And I knew for me, I wanted to Um, go on and pursue my master's degree, get my MBA. And I found this program with the University of Central Florida, the DeVos program, where it connected both sides of things. It connected the business world with the sport management aspect. And I really enjoyed that component of it that kind of took me one step closer to being able to break into the sports industry. Not only did it teach you a bunch of things about the sports industry and the business world, but it really allowed for you to have that network and that experience. You know, sports is extremely um, a small, a small um, network. And so um, getting to listen to guest speakers was, was really great. And just getting to learn all the different aspects of the sports business, I think was you know, integral into figuring out what I wanted to do. So I think for me, it was um, really that that experience that made me break into the sports industry. Um, and it really helped shape my experience because I wanted something that really showed the business side of things. You know, there are a lot of people out there that want to break in and want to be the general manager or they want to be <laughs> the president. And so, you know, getting that aspect of the business to say, this is truly a business and without the front office, you know, pulling all the strings, you can't necessarily have the best product on the ice or the best product on the field. We all contribute to that revenue side of things to drive the business forward to make us, you know, the best product that we can be. I love that. And as we are approaching graduation season, many Mm -hmm. students are thinking about, you know, continuing their education. So talk about that process to continue your education and choosing that master's program you know, the strategic process with that and how important and how vital has it been, you know, for you in your career? I think, yeah, it's definitely a component that is super integral to my background for me specifically. And I think anyone that you talk to will probably give you a different answer. So I totally commend people that (laughs) break into the industry that don't need to, that know immediately into, you know, their graduation that they want to work in sports and they know exactly what they want to do. For me, it really tailored my relationship to the sports world and to the business world, and it allowed me to kind of step in that direction. So I think it was extremely integral for me. I felt like it was beneficial because I think that while it's great to have your bachelor's degree, that taking it to the next level and and having that master's degree, I think also helps. And for me, University of Central made a lot of sense because they've got a huge alumni base, not only with the sport management program, but they also just have a huge alumni base in general. And for me, that was really important to be able to have that organic connection with people to say, we went to the same school and you can talk about a lot of the same things. So 
for me, it made a lot of sense to go back to school. Um, I went directly right after undergrad, and there was definitely a mix in our program of people going straight from undergrad to graduate school. There were some that had taken, a, you know, started working in the sports industry or maybe not even in the sports industry and wanted to break in and were taking that kind of veering into that direction for um, their, their careers. So for me, it was a great experience. I would definitely recommend it to people that feel like it might be an opportunity for them because ultimately, like I said, I think the networking component is huge. You know, we've got a cohort of people that we're really close to. We overlap with the graduating class before us, the graduating class after us, and then just that network in general of having people come and be our guest speakers and getting used to that public speaking component. We always had to stand up and do our 30 second elevator pitch for <laughs> each guest speaker. So I knew exactly my name, where I was from, what I wanted to do. Um, and so it really got us comfortable with putting ourselves out there and determining what we wanted to do for our careers. Yeah, and you talk about the experience and the opportunities. How important, I mean, obviously, um, you know, undergrad majors, they're obviously sports management is very popular nowadays. Mm -hmm. Talk about how important is not only the major, but just talk about the opportunities to level up, like picking a college that not only helps you network, but to level up so that you're more prepared after you graduate. Yeah, I think that that's really important to decide in terms of where the location of your city is or potentially where those opportunities lead you. Um, in terms of graduate programs, I can specifically speak on. I know that, you know, UCF is one of the great ones, but there's USF in Tampa, there's Ohio University, there's, mm -hmm. um, you, you know, UMass, there's Oregon, there's lots of great programs and each of them has their own um, segments of what makes them unique and what makes them popular. I think for, you know, uh, specific schools, if it's undergrad or grad, it's great if you live in that specific city because you can ultimately hopefully take on an internship while you're still in school. Um, for me at UCF, you know, I, I did some, um, you know, part-time opportunities with the Orlando Magic. I did some part-time opportunities with the bowl games that were in town. And it was just a lot easier to be able to drive down the street and have those opportunities versus having to schedule something out and really not have that connection or be able to give 100% um, at that point. So I think looking at schools, if you know, for example, me being here in Pittsburgh, there's three different um, sports teams, but there's plenty of universities that are vying for those internships. And it's really nice when you can have someone here locally that can be there for game nights or can, you know, be in the office for office hours, you know, non-COVID times. But um, I think that that's really important when you're looking at a sport management degree is, are you looking at it and are you able to get some outside experience um, when you're it during, you know, when you're in school. I think that's a really important thing when you're looking at all these different sport management degrees because, you know, more and more they're becoming very popular. So you have to be able to, to stand out. Yeah, I love that. And talk about the ability to be flexible and moving. Obviously, before getting to Pittsburgh uh, with the Penguins, you did um, some work with Florida Citrus Sports. You also did some work with Octagon, which is in the DMV area and also um, for sports sponsorships at Monumental Worldwide, Momentum Worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, so talk about those experiences and being flexible to, you know, being open to opportunities that are, 
you know, not in your home city and being flexible to moving them out a little bit. I think that's definitely something that is really important within the sports industry, especially early in your career. I think a lot of times people can get back to their maybe home base or, you know, closer to their hometown as you get further and further in the process. I think that there's definitely things that help you when you can understand a marketplace, if you're from that area or if you have experience in that area. But ultimately, you can't really necessarily say, hey, I'm only going to work for, you know, X amount of sports teams that are in my area. It's great when people are passionate about it, but only so many job opportunities open up. So you definitely have to be flexible. Um, and sometimes I think you really can get better experiences. If you would have told me that I was going to work in New York for, you know, a, a year plus, you know, it was something that I was extremely terrified of. But looking mm -hmm. back now, I'm so glad I did it because it gave me so much more opportunity and experience to be able to say that I work in, in one of the biggest cities in the United States. I think it's it, it's extremely important. And while it's, you know, challenging to figure out how to do those things on your own, it just allows for you to understand different markets, different industries, different companies. Um, and so I think, you know, taking every opportunity is, you know, really, really important for um, you when you're kind of getting in your first step in the door. Don't necessarily turn certain things away if you don't have to. If it's the right opportunity, it feels like the right fit, then the city really shouldn't matter. It really is about gaining that experience and being able to turn that into something maybe down the line. Um, you know, people can use things as their first stepping stone. I wouldn't always say the word stepping stone, um, but I think it's it's really just getting your foot in the door and being able to leverage that experience to make yourself and your career better and ultimately give back to that team or that agency um, in that specific city. Yeah, and talk about your time at Octagon. What, the, what was that experience like? And, you know, what did you do on a daily basis? Sure, yeah. So this was kind of like my first step into the industry post-grad school. Um, I worked in their digital marketing department and I really was just working with their athletes um, and influencers, just trying to figure out that space. They had really a team of one, um, which was my boss. And so it was really figuring out what athletes needed, what did they wanna do um, in the digital space. So uh, managing that process was integral to my Octagon experience. Um, we also were trying to figure out ways to digitalize everything um, from an organization perspective. So there are so many agents, there are so many athletes and figuring out, you know, what their interests are and being able to pull it all up into one place. It's called the playbook originally um, for Octagon that you can really access it and determine who's going to fit best with certain brands and how can we continue to integrate athletes um, into different spaces. So that was a really interesting experience for me. Um, you know, I know I've shifted a little bit more into that corporate sponsorship space, but I think just having a little bit of experience in that digital space was super interesting coming out of um, graduate school. Yeah, and talk about the differences, because obviously when you're working with so many different athletes, what are like, obviously it, it's different than the team side, but mm -hmm. what are some differences from the agency side um, that are different from the, the, the team side? Yeah, I think it's it's really interesting because it, a lot of these agencies have lots of different spaces that they play in. So whether it's, um, you know, athlete representation or brand management, um, I think that there's a lot of 
uh, key differences in terms of what their day-to-day looks like versus a team side looks like. But ultimately, you're really kind of doing very similar things of either you're managing those athletes and you're working with those athletes to figure out what works best for them. And the same token goes for on the team side. We're really working with our partners to figure out how do we achieve their goals and objectives. So while I say of ways they are very similar it's just two different ways of um or two different products that you're really managing so i think it's all about you know figuring out that component of how do you make uh, the best of the experience that you have you know you're working for the athletes how are you um, helping them grow their brand or grow their business and then on the the partner side it's really how are you helping them achieve their goals whether that's sales, whether that's brand awareness, there's a lot of different things that happen behind the scenes on figuring out what these partners are looking for. That's awesome. I love that. And talk about uh, mentors, you know, early on, obviously, was there anybody that you leaned on early on in your career, um, you know, during, you know, your path um, that, you know, you really leaned on to make sure that you stayed on the path to career in sports? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you mention that because um, I think everyone is is you know emphasizes their importance of networking, but also mentorship. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I got my first start, um, you know, first true full time position with Momentum in New York, and um, I really wanted to figure out what I wanted to do, and I had. Um, you know, I was, I was taking a vac or a quick trip. Um, I was in grad school. I was taking a quick trip to Atlanta and I had reached out to someone on LinkedIn and he, um, was willing to grab a cup of coffee with me. I just wanted to learn about what he did. He ended up being working for momentum. Um, and you know, I kept in touch with him and he kind of got me that first full-time role, um, at momentum in New York. And for me, it was, Uh, extremely important because we built that relationship and he really did mentor me to get to that first place. Ultimately, I ended up working for him in Atlanta. Um, And so it really can change, you know, anytime that you're changing in your career, it's always important for me to kind of give him a call and see what his opinion is on the role um, or the, you know, opportunity. Um, Ultimately, when I left Atlanta, it was a difficult thing for me to do because I had been working for my mentor, but he saw the potential and he saw the opportunity for me. And he really thought, you know, this is important for you and your career. So I want to be respectful of that. And so um, he's just been, his name's Jay, but he's been so integral in my um, mentorship throughout the process. He has really just given me such perspective on the industry throughout my experiences. And I think that finding someone that has similar experiences to you, but in a lot of ways, different experiences than you can really help um, be able to give you that, you know, second opinion or advice whenever you're looking to take that next step in your career. For sure. And what were some of the early hurdles that you had to, you know, get through early on in your career, um, you know, that might seem challenging at the time? I think for me, it was really just figuring out what I wanted to do. I think that that's always the challenge. You know, you can get, I would say, pigeonholed in a lot of ways into maybe something that you don't want to do. You know, you can hear people talk about, 
if you want to get onto the team side, like trying to get your foot in the door and the ticketing realm. And I think that in a lot of ways, that's super respectable, but in a lot of ways you could get pigeonholed into being someone that only specifically works in ticketing. So I think for, for me, it's really what was a challenge was determining what I wanted to do. Kind of like I was saying with my experience with Octagon, did I want to stay in digital marketing or did I want to transition into this other marketing and corporate partnership space? So I think that was kind of the biggest challenge for me was really determining what is that career path look like, you know, one year, two years, five years down the line. And I think originally, I don't know if I necessarily thought I was going to work on the team side. I thought my career was going to go on the agency side and I was going to work with all these amazing brands. And I'm so glad that it did. I think that that's the other part of um, when you're taking that first step is figuring out what do you want to do, but at the same time being open to those new opportunities when they come about. Yeah, for sure. And you said, you know, I feel like in today's environment, there's there are a lot of opportunities. I mean, even though the sports industry does seem small at times, there mm-hmm. are there still are a lot of opportunities. So what do you think are some of the best practices for those, you know, who want to work in sports to really figure out, um, you know, obviously internships are one of the best ways, but what are some other key best practices for individuals to figure those things out, um, obviously, besides internships? Yeah, I would definitely say just continue to network and continue to figure out just as much what you want to do as much as what you don't want to do. Because I think that a lot of times people you know, get to know a lot about one certain maybe department or one specific space, and then they work in it and realize this isn't for me. So I think ultimately learning about all the different paths there are, I always recommend for people that are trying to break into the sports industry, don't just necessarily think about it from a sports team perspective. There are so many avenues that you can work in. Um, Like I said, for the agency side or working on the brand side, you can be very interconnected into the sports realm and you don't have to have you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins name or a certain other name tied to it. I think that that's um, really important when you're looking at the opportunities within the sports world, because if you just completely silo yourself into one space, it's not going to be super helpful because you're only looking at, you know, jobs on Teamwork Online, for example. You can look at all the different spaces, whether it's LinkedIn, whether there's a multitude of other places that you can find job opportunities, but I always recommend just being open and looking for those opportunities outside of just those sports teams, whether it's agency side, whether it's brand side, there's so many league side, there's so many different opportunities for people to get involved in those spaces. But I also come back to the fact that learning about other potential departments that maybe you didn't realize were um, something that you would like to do ultimately finding out things you like to do and also things that you don't like to do is really important throughout your career. I love that. Always having, you know, a constant curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that it's really just getting to know your counterparts. You know, people, people love talking about themselves. I think that's (laughs) something that's a big part of, um, you know, the, the environment of if you want to talk to someone that works in the sports industry, call them up, ask them questions. They're, you know, someone did that for them. Someone took that opportunity to take the time to um, allow for them to learn from you. And I think that there are a lot of people in the sports industry that are willing to give back their time. They're willing to talk about what they do in their job. They're willing to give you that kind of peek behind the curtain of 
all the things they love about their job and maybe some of the challenges that they go through because you can learn so much from people whenever they're willing to open up and talk about things. And I think even more so when you're a student, it's really, really advantageous to reach out to people because you know, you're know you just learning and you're trying to get that experience and hear more about the industry. Yeah, I love that. Uh, totally, totally agree with that. Um, so coming in 2015, December 2015, you become working for the Penguins as the manager of partnership and marketing. You know, talk about that opportunity Obviously, you're from the area. Um, let's talk about how that opportunity came about and you know how that all came together. Absolutely. So for me, um, I had just moved to Atlanta, um, started working on UPS and their sports sponsorships, was really enjoying that aspect of it. And um, our SVP now, um, CRO, reached out to me. And I, I don't even quite know how he found me, but I think it was through <laughs> a recruiter of some type that my background of going to, like being from Pennsylvania, uh, going to undergrad here in Pittsburgh and having an agency background, he was kind of looking for people to be able to add to his team. He had just gotten um, his, his role with the Penguins. And so I think he was just looking to, you know, add some more unique perspectives to his team, build out his team that much more as he got more involved. So we had a, an original call where we were trying to, you know, just get to know each other a little bit more. And then ultimately a, a position opened up. Um, my first week um, with the Penguins was right before we had made our coaching transition. So we had uh, a few losses under our belt that first week. And I remember a couple of the, my, my <laughs> counterparts saying like, I guess you're kind of bad luck. Like you're kind of not, you know, you're not uh, bringing us luck in terms of your, in your new job. A um, couple weeks later, we got our new head coach, coach Sullivan, and um, we went on to win the Stanley cup my first year. And, you know, I think that that's um, extremely lucky and fortunate for me because a lot of people wait so many years in the sports industry mm. to be a part of a championship team. So I was definitely in the right place at the right time uh, you know, was able to interview and, and get to know, um, you know, the folks internally. And um, I'm really glad to, you know, have been able to be a part of this organization for the past, I guess, five and a half years now. Yeah, that's awesome. And talk about, you know, the partnership side and what that's like, you know, on a day to day basis and how much communication do you have, you know, with partners that you are currently working with and then also potentially the back end of bringing in new partners and how that process works for us on the partnership marketing side um, we're really responsible for I guess shaping the marketing strategy for all the corporate partnership activations that means all of their marketing campaigns all your experiential programming and so we're trying to kind of curate activations that really are valuable for um, our partners to be able to deliver on their brand objectives. So for us, it's never the same day, uh, day in and day out, which is really, really interesting for us. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got a, a different, um, I've got a, a book of business that I manage as far as a portfolio. Um, you know, during my time, I've, um, you know, worked with our our uh, official um, wealth management partner, our official healthcare um, or uh, ins healthcare insurance provider, our casino, 
beer, quick service restaurant, grocery store, real estate partner, um, telecommunications, security, we've sporting goods. So all of those industries are extremely different in terms of what they're looking for to drive partner value. So for me, it's always really exciting because not only are we working well with all these brands, but at the same time, we're also uh, working internally with our um, social and digital team, our video production team, our in-game team, our ticketing and hospitality team. So we're really getting all of the, I would say the best of both worlds, um, getting to work with our internal um, counterparts and working with all these amazing brands in the city to drive revenue for them and ultimately helping us create revenue on our side. Yeah, I love that. And talk about some of the projects that you're most proud of that have come to fruition, you know, for the team and some of the corporate uh, partners that you've been able to see over the t- since your time with the Penguins? Absolutely. I think for me, um, there's been a couple of different ones that I've worked on that I'm really proud of. Uh, the first one being um, our uh, Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield is our, one of our founding partners. They are our official healthcare insurance provider. Um, And so for us, um, you know, we're really trying to figure out ways, you know, healthcare can be, I would say, maybe one of the less sexier um, partnerships, but you can get really creative with it. Um, And so for us, um, we had an opportunity to expand our partnership with them being able to have them be the main entrance of our building. So if you come to PPG Paints Arena, most times people are going to walk through the Highmark gate and they really wanted to create this um, super inclusive, super fun experience when you walk into our building. So before that, um, the space was something that just wasn't super conducive to our fans. And now we have this experience where our pregame show on AT&T Sportsnet is actually broadcast from that specific gate. So thank you our kind of game college game day style experience where you can see yourself on TV. It allowed for Highmark to feel like they were connecting with their fans, connecting with their consumers, connecting with our fans. And, um, you know, who doesn't love seeing themselves on TV? So <laughs> it made a, a great experience for them. Um, you know, I think, you know, getting eyeballs and media impressions is one of their main goals and objectives. And I think that we achieved that by having that TV integration experience at the same time, being the main entrance to our building is, is um, amazing. So we were really excited to have um, that opportunity to expand their partnership. Um, And I think that that really, um, you know, achieved their goals and objectives. Um, I think another one that I'm really proud of as well is working with um, our, our official sporting goods partner, which is Dick Sporting Goods. We uh, had a renewal process with them and we tried to figure out truly what their goals and objectives were. And for them, it was um, being able to highlight helping save youth sports. They have a ton of emphasis on driving youth sports initiatives. And so for us, what we did was we made an entire game presenting partnership around it where our um, players wore these custom pregame jerseys that they wore on the ice that we ultimately auctioned off um, in conjunction with our Penguins Foundation to be able to raise money for youth sports. Um, it brought a lot of traction and it it matters to a lot of people, you know, obviously sports matter and, and people yeah. want those things while their kids are growing up. And so for us, I think that was really um, special to be able to deliver value on that and be able to 
um, connect those pieces of a professional world. You know, we got our players to do some interviews of why, you know, youth sports was important to them. And so getting all those pieces connected, I think was really special and awesome for us to be able to see it live and in person. And it still lives on today. We just had our um, game presenting partnership with them this past Saturday. Uh, so if you see the uh, the Sports Matter green jerseys, be sure to check them out um, and uh, see uh, if you want to buy one of their pregame jerseys. I love that. I love that. Talking about, you know, youth sports, going to games, you know, that's where it starts, you know, especially, you know, at all levels, right? You want to make sure that you're growing the game uh, at the youth level. That's definitely a great initiative, and I'm sure, you know, the players are excited about that, and uh, that's awesome. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been so fun because each of these is so different. You know, you have to listen to what your partners want to achieve, and, you know, a lot of times it's, it's really um, being unique about the experiences. It's not something that you can just take out of a specific uh, rate card and say, we're going to mm-hmm. sell you this thing and that thing, and that's it. You know, we really try to customize all the different experiences we have. Um, each of them is completely different based on the opportunities that our partners want to hear about. Yeah, that's huge. And talk about, um, you know, how the partners have been able to adjust um, with, you know, this year with, um, you know, the situation with fans um, some limited, some not being in arenas, mm-hmm. um, and the movement transition for fans to make their way back um, into the arena and what that has, process has been like for, uh, you know, the corporate partnership side. It's definitely been a challenge. I can tell you that much. <laughs> you know, if we are able to have a full season that isn't, you know, disrupted by this next season, I will definitely be a very happy woman. So um, I think for us, it's really just, again, you know, making sure that we're driving that value for our partners. Um, Things that we can control, you know, are things like media that we can deliver value in that way to our fans. We've got lots of fans still tuning in on the radio, lots of fans still tuning in on our, you know, TV. So for us, it's really just transitioning those points. And I think the other thing that we really tried to emphasize for us during this kind of time where, to put in perspective, we're at 25% capacity here in Pennsylvania. But um, for us, it was Um, enhancing our building while we had that downtime. So if you are visiting PPG Paints Arena now versus before, it looks very different in a lot of ways. We've added in a lot of different new um, spaces for our fans to be able to enjoy. And we did that during that kind of downtime or off time where we didn't have as many games in the building or as many concerts in the building to really hone in on being able to create such a phenomenal experience for our fans. Um, You know, as they return, a lot of things are, you know, more grab and go. So you're grabbing your own meal, you're grabbing your own drink, you're putting it on a a self-checkout opportunity versus having to touch certain things and interact with certain people. It's really about enhancing that experience and making people feel as comfortable as possible coming back into our building. But, you know, we've got truly this expansion we we've added um we added kind of this uh it's called the bet rivers lounge where people can experience you know a vip experience and they've got access to sports betting we've got our new get-go marketplace which is um, a really grab-and-go experience it's similar to your convenience store where you can go up grab your own drink 
grab your own food. It's very seamless. Um, we added a new space called the Ford Lounge where you can socially distance and be able to sit down and, you know, eat your meal and drink your drinks, you know, and have that ability to do that because a lot of times it's you're so, you know, you're in your, your seats at the arena and you're trying to figure out how do I eat this? How do I drink this? So, <laughs> um, it's, it's been uh, an interesting time. We definitely are so appreciative to our partners that they've stuck by us and been able to help us through this weird time because in hockey, you know, a lot of our revenue comes from the ticketing revenue for us and our partnerships. So we're so thankful to our partners that have been able to continue to have that relationship with us. And we hope to continue to drive value. It just looks a little bit different this year. Man, with all those amenities and additions, it sounds like best place to watch a hockey game. <laughs> I will say it's definitely awesome and exciting, and we're super excited to have people back in full capacity. So hopefully coming playoff time that we'll be able to continue to add in more fans, you know, with that uh, social distancing component. We're just we're just trying to figure out what makes our fans most comfortable. But I will say for when fans come back, we've really made sure to uh, highlight and emphasize their experience. So we're excited and we want people to come back. We're just making sure we do it the right way and um, getting that that feedback from our fans. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned, you know, those extra amenities, those extra places and spaces for fans. Um, talk about, you know, how that process worked. Was it, you know, you sent out surveys to fans or how did that process work as far as getting input from them? And then, you know, how did that all come together as far as, you know, making it work and having those for, you know, the execution of those spaces? Absolutely. Yeah. I think for, for us, it was really a collaborative effort. Um, we have a food and beverage vendor within with Aramark uh, at PPG Paints Arena, and we have um, ASM who uh, manages our building. And so all three collectively, I feel like we all came together and, and tried to figure out what made a lot of sense for these brands and for our building, because um, I think there was a lot of conversation around how do we make this feel great to our fans. We definitely do survey our season ticket holders. We're very fortunate that we have a great season ticket holder base that wants to give us input and have had, you know, a longstanding relationship with us. So for us, it's been, um, you know, making sure how do we do this the right way? How do we do this where it is beneficial to our fans? And so it is taking those surveys, but it's also figuring out what brands want to be a part of. And I think, you know, some of those spaces like a convenience store, get go, grab and go, it makes a lot of sense for both parties because they get a huge space uh, and we're able to, you know, emphasize what they're, what they truly do. You know, there's no better experience than getting to experience that brand in that space. So, you know, for Gecko, you're getting to experience what it would feel like if you were in one of their convenience stores or if you're in the Bet Rivers Lounge, you're looking, the look and feel feels very similar to their brick and mortar casino. So I think it's it's been great because we've added some enhancements on our end with the collaboration of our building and our food and beverage vendor, but also really listening to our partners and what they want to do. You know, it's, it's not always easy because it does cost money to make these improvements, <laughs> but um, it's been a great opportunity and a great experience for them to be able to um, look at that experience and say, we want our fans to 
uh, be able to experience our product. And so, you know, for Bet Rivers, you're able to um, bet from your phone from their space. So it's it's driving value ultimately back to them, but it's also delivering value for our fans as well. For sure, I love that. And obviously, the business of sports, you know, is huge and it is a business. Um, so talk about, you know, what do you look for and candidates when you're hiring? You know, what stands out to you when you are trying to bring somebody on, you know, to the team and uh, to the partnership side? I think for us, it's really just about that go-getter attitude. You know, you want to roll up your sleeves. You want to help out. You want to have someone that's willing to take on a lot of different roles and a lot of different hats and is willing to work those long hours. I won't say that we don't have long hours, you know, especially in hockey. <laughs> we have 41 regular season home games, plus playoffs, plus preseason, plus away games sometimes with our partners. And so, you know, it can be a grind for sure. And so we're looking for people that have that go-getter attitude, that have just enthusiasm. You can hear it in people's voices when they're interviewing or when they're talking about an experience that they've had um, in the sports industry where you can just hear the excitement, hear the passion behind it. So I think for us, it's really just finding someone that has a passion for that and delivering value for our partners. I mean, ultimately, you know, we're, we're working with a lot of different brands and sports sponsorships can be a luxury. It, it really can be, you know, especially during COVID times or non-COVID times, you know, budgets can be lean. So how are you delivering value that they can't walk away from? So I think for, for us, um, it's really important just to get, I wouldn't say extroverted because, you know, for me, I'm an extroverted introvert, I would say. You know, <laughs> I have I have those times where you can really have a, a big personality, but at the same time, you can be introverted. It's just having that opportunity to um, show off your personality. I always say my number one, like maybe it's not number one, but I think one of my number one things I look for is would I want to grab a beer with you after work? That's the personality I would want to look for because ultimately you are driving those relationships with your partners. You're spending all that time with them. So do, do you find their personality likable? Do you find them enjoyable? Do they have things that they want to share with you and talk about, but do they also ask you those questions in return? So I think just having that kind of bubbly personality, but at the same time, you know, willing to, to work pretty hard, I think are, two main components that I look for when we're, you know, looking to uh, have someone join us in our, our department. For sure. And obviously you guys are in season, um, getting ready for the end of the season and hopefully a strong run for the playoffs. So what is the hiring cycle like for you guys, whether that's interns or, you know, full-time staff? That's a great question. So for us, um, we normally have three sets of interns. Um, we'll have our fall interns, our spring interns, and our summer interns. We are just now wrapping up uh, the summer internship, or we're finishing up our spring internships, and we're just about to hire our summer internships. So we really look at it probably, we probably posted, you know, internships at the beginning of March, I would say. And then we'll go through the process of having it up for a few weeks. Um, doing all those different interviews and then finalizing those, they will probably start, you know, eight, 
end of May, beginning of June. Um, and what is great about, um, you know, some internships, especially in our summer months is, you know, you get a little bit broader of a, of a candidate pool that, you know, people may be coming home from college and are from Pittsburgh. Um, fall and spring interns, you know, a lot of times are more locally based here, but they get to experience the games. So summer interns don't necessarily, not this year, they'll get to hopefully experience some, hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed, some playoff games. But um, for us, I think it's it's nice to get a great mix of internships. And as far as full-time roles, um, I think it really just depends on, you know, the need that we have as we continue to add on more partners. Sometimes we're able to expand our department. Um, we've added a few folks in recent years. So for us, it is kind of just when the opportunity presents itself. Is there enough work to be had to try to add another headcount? Um, and, you know, if someone else leaves for another opportunity, of course, we try to backfill um, those roles. So it's really not necessarily on a calendar, say, per se, um, uh, scale for us uh, as far as full-time roles, but we definitely have a little bit of a rhythm when it comes to our internships. Um, and so it's always just kind of looking out for it and keeping in touch with you know, people that work in our department or, you know, keeping your eye on teamwork online is usually where we post any of our internship or job opportunities. Awesome. And any pet peeves, you know, for those who, you know, any pet peeves that you have when looking at resumes, cover letters or interviewing? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and I, I'm going to try to see what, which one I want to, you know, highlight. But I think for me, um, depending on the level, I guess, for me, I feel like one page resumes are perfect. If you have two or three pages, especially if you're in that entry level role, like put your LinkedIn URL at the top of the page. <laughs> I'm going to probably look at your LinkedIn regardless of your resume. So I'm going to type in your name and look at what else you have going on. But for me, I, I like to keep them shorter, sweeter to the point. Um, you don't need to like add additional fluff in my mind on resumes. I think you can just keep them sh short, sweet to the point. And if I want to learn more about you, put all that info on LinkedIn. I think that there's this great, I mean, kudos to, to the people that are getting hired now. You have not only your resume, but you have this other aspect of your your job experiences that you can highlight through photos and videos um, that I think are so much easier to get to know a person from your LinkedIn versus through your resume. So I think for me, I like it to be a little bit more short and sweet. Um, I feel like if you're graduating from undergrad, there's really no reason that your resume needs to be two pages. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And um I'm sure, you know, we could definitely continue the conversation, but for those who want to get a hold of you and just want to reach out, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, I think for me, it's really just reaching out on LinkedIn. Um, I think, you know, that's a great place to start. I think it's super helpful to be able to kind of get to know the person when they're reaching out and see, you know, why are you reaching out? Give me that kind of idea of why you want to get connected. There are so many people out there that just blindly connect and then don't send you like a personalized message. You know, it's it would be helpful to get to know why do you want to connect? Is it to learn more about me? Is it to learn more about my previous experience? Is it truly just to get to know someone from my organization? So I think for me, um, reaching out on LinkedIn is always super helpful and great to be able to get to learn more about people um, that do want to connect. So I recommend just reaching out, but give me a little bit of a personalized message so that I get to know why you want to connect. 
Yeah, I love it. I interviewed AJ Poole from the Steelers a little while ago, a while back during uh, football season, and um, get a chance to interview you, given that you're with the Penguins. It's been great. I definitely got to make it up to Pittsburgh for a Steelers game and a Penguins game uh, sometime. I know those are great environments. Yes, it really is um, such a phenomenal experience, and our our seasons do overlap. So you could do it in one foul swoop in uh, in the in the fall time. You know, October would be great. It's still kind of warm out in Pittsburgh, so I would definitely recommend that. Um, it's it's an awesome experience. You'll definitely have to check it out. Uh, Steelers games are are phenomenal. AJ is a great guy, so um, I'm glad that you got to speak with him as well. It's great to just have that representation in Pittsburgh um, and be able to kind of share our experiences with our, you know, amazing city and our amazing partners. Yeah, for sure. And not too far, you know, right in the DMV. So got to make it up there sometime, but Devin, it has been a pleasure for sure. Adam, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your, uh, your podcast. Hopefully uh, we'll be talking maybe another time soon. If we're able to add another Stanley cup win, that would be uh, a pretty fun experience, but appreciate the time. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, for sure. Devin, Uh, take care and best of luck to the end of season push. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. (laughs) Take care. All right. Bye-bye.